We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 167. Our guest today is one of Wellington's top real estate agents. She's managed to combine her passion for the equestrian world with a very successful professional career, selling top Wellington equestrian realty. You've probably seen her sponsor jump at arenas at WEF, and she also was a top junior rider, training under the expertise of George Morris, and earning titles such as Best Child Rider at the Pennsylvania National, numerous WEF circuit championships. She also rode internationally at the Grand Prix level under Olympians Ian Miller and Norman Delajoyo. She believes that her background in riding and competing at top level helped lay the foundation for working within the equestrian industry, working with equestrian clientele in her next stage in life, giving her the ability to identify what a buyer needs and who the perfect candidate would be for a property she's selling. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Martha Jalacour. I would love to talk about all the areas of the equestrian industry that you have been a part of, but let's first talk about how you first kind of found yourself in the equestrian industry. Well, when I was very young, I went to watch a horse show. I, I was about five. I went to watch a horse show and my best friend had a pony and it was a beautiful day at a beautiful farm. I remember it was called Blue Ribbon Farm and she won a blue ribbon. Love it. And I realized on this beautiful day that this was a great sport because you had this beautiful animal. So you could combine your love of animals with competition Mm -hmm. because I guess deep down I'm competitive. So I said, well, this is a great idea. I want to ride. And my mother said, well, I don't think that's a great idea because it's expensive and dangerous. Mm. So that's not really something you should do. So for about two years, I asked every day from five till seven. And eventually (laughs) at seven, they allowed me to take riding lessons once a week. Wow. And we started there. I think it was about four years before I jumped. And then it just built on that. And I remember my sisters. I have two sisters and they also both rode. We would wish at Thanksgiving on the wishbone for a pony. And my mother said, you should really wish for something you might get like bunk beds. (laughs) And um, we never got bunk beds. So we wound up at one point with 13 horses. No way. Some of our our old horses. And we we never had a farm, but but with all the breeding and the retirees Mm -hmm. and the show horses. At one point with three of us riding, we had 13 horses, I believe. Wow. Where did you grow up? I was born in New York, but raised in Westport, Connecticut. So I was near Nimrod Farm. Nice. I love it. And then at what point, so all you and your sisters were riding, did they continue to ride like you or where did that um, kind of path take the three of you? I think both of my sisters stopped after juniors. Okay. My middle sister was quite good. She had a really good rhythm. So I was crazy competitive, working hard, and I just could not find a distance. I was always chipping and she was always winning. But we did the juniors together and eventually I got better. And, yeah. and we would fly to fly back and forth from school together. We had a good time. She rode with Leslie Burr at Fairfield and I was riding at Hunterdon at that time. Nice. Love that. Uh, but after juniors, she went to college and my other sister stopped after juniors and I kept going. Okay. Tell I was me a little, stop, but I yeah. couldn't stop. 
<laughs> Isn't that always the story? And yeah. then here we yeah. are. Tell me a little bit about your junior career. You said that you were, you know, as as any of us riding have our, you know, things that we especially need to work on. But from the looks of it, you got it together. You had a great junior career. What are some memories that kind of stick out in your head for um, that period of your life? I didn't start out well, as as I was saying. I, I, I worked hard. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I spent every day at the barn, but I had trouble finding a distance. And a lot of it, I think, was in my mind. Or, But so one day I saw George Morris. I think I was in Lake Placid training his students. And I saw him working with them and working with them, and they were winning. And I said, well, I want to go ride with George. And we had to wait till after the garden to get an appointment. And then my mother took me to 100 in November and he said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can afford this. And I don't think she's going to keep going when she's 18. She's just going to quit, but I'll take her. So I went to ride with George. He didn't like any of my horses, so we had to start over. But from the very beginning, I, I really wanted to learn. And George had a system that, that made sense to me. So he basically has a system where you have a certain pace coming into the turn. When you come out of the turn, you are either going to move up or take back, but you're going to see a distance. And he made me go around the ring saying, like, it may be a little short, it may be a little long, but I'm going to see a distance. Mm. I mean, out loud. Yeah. <laughs> That's your grin. And eventually, once I mastered that, then it's ingrained and it wasn't as much of a problem again. Got it. So you take that with you. So it was learned. And, and even when you were nervous later on, it, it, it only helped. Mm-hmm. And so I was fortunate. I think my first horse was called I'm a star. She was not a star. But the <laughs> second horse I got was we named her Movie Star. And she came off the track. She was four years old when I bought her, but she was beautiful. And the, the best mover maybe in the country. So she Mm. won the back of the garden. And and so she did. In those days, our hunters did the equitation too. So she was trotting around the corners in the USET and jumping eight classes a day. Mm. But she went on. I mean, I probably would not have had the junior career I had had it not been for Movie Star. Wow. And then with your sisters kind of finishing their riding at their junior years, is that something that you thought you were going to do and didn't? Or did you always kind of have in your mind you wanted to continue? What was that transition like from junior career to then after that you started looking at, you know, some international venues and doing it bigger? It was, it was, it wasn't that easy of a trip there, but um, (laughs) I, I really didn't want to go to college. I wanted to keep riding. And my parents were always, in order for us to ride, we had to be on the honor roll. So I had said yes to Vanderbilt and St. Lawrence. Vanderbilt started in August, so I didn't show up. And my roommate called and said, where are you? And I said, I decided to go to the Hampton Classic Horse Show. (laughs) So that's how I chose. And, you know, the first year, freshman year, I was competing at the indoor show. So it was very difficult I didn't meet a lot of people. I was a little mm-hmm. behind in my classes, flying in and out. And it's not easy to get in and out of St. Lawrence in the snow, back and forth to indoors. So it was a bit of an adjustment. And after indoors, the deal was I was going to quit riding. So I cried every single day. I didn't know anybody at school because I'd yeah. been riding. And finally, my parents were like, okay, like if it makes you happy, just get a, like a jumper and make it yourself. And keep riding. Mm -hmm. So they found a jumper that was, I think, a racehorse off the track. And I kept riding slowly, but jumpers was new and I was timid. So it was a lot, you know, I would get scared and I would pull up 
And mm-hmm. if it wasn't perfect, I would pull up and that doesn't work. So one day I told my father, you know, I think I want to quit. And he said, and he says, this is the biggest mistake of his life. He said, you know, you can quit anytime you want, but don't quit when you're down. Mm. So somehow I managed to start winning with that horse. It got better. And I really enjoyed, I remember the people I competed with, Amy Runder and Carlene Blunt. When I first won, they came to me and hugged me and said, you know, we're so happy you're in our division and you did great. And they're very supportive. Yeah, it was special. Yeah. So then I kept going. Ian Miller, because I was at St. Lawrence, we wound up moving my horses up to Canada to Ian Miller. And he did a lot of work with me on the pulling up problem. Mm-hmm. He, I remember one day he had locked the arena doors. Because he would say, when I would pull up, he'd say, your lesson's over. Mm. And I was very happy. <laughs> so he said, okay, that's not working. So he locked the arena doors and he had a lunge whip. And every time I would go to pull up, he would whip and the horse would jump. And I would see that I'm not going to kill myself, just jump the jump. Yeah. And his wife was screaming, you're going to kill her. Stop. <laughs> but anyway, it did work for a very long time. Wow. Uh, whenever I wanted to pull up, I knew that even if, you know, the horse was going to jump. And then once you work out how to get past that, mm-hmm. it, and then from there, I, I, I got a very good horse while I was with Ian called Sweet Lullaby. And I would say that she was my movie star of, of later years. Mm. And Sweet Lullaby was a top sort of a local Grand Prix horse in Switzerland. But for me, she was great. She, she won a lot in the amateur owner jumpers and then went on to do the Grand Prix. So cool. Love it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. At what point in your riding did you then transition into real estate? And what was that like for you? It was an interesting story. So I married a trainer and had a baby. I married Pierre Jolicoeur and had a baby. I was, I believe I was pregnant at the time. And I was very excited because I was like, wow, we're going to live on a farm now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I live on a farm and there's horses. I'm going to be like, do this for the rest of my life. I was so excited. And he said, this business isn't big enough for the two of us. You need to find something that you can do. And I had been looking for a farm. So I thought, well, I'll get my real estate license and see. Mm. That way I could ride and, and work. So I got my real estate license when my daughter, Isabel, was 11 months old. And I would work part-time. And I was commuting to Middleburg from Culpeper. We were living in Culpeper and then in Florida in the winter. And I remember that I didn't want to sell small farms or discount because I had, I had sold discount shoes for my father. He had a lady shoe company. Mm. And after selling so many discount shoes, I said that from the beginning, I wanted to buy, you know, sell high-end yeah. real estate. So I got my real estate training pretty much in Middleburg, Virginia Okay. at Sheridan McMahon. And I would commute every day from Culpeper. It was about an hour there and an hour back. Hmm. And then what do you feel like were the similarities of, you know, your experience and your riding career to then transition into something like real estate? So many. Yeah. So many. And I said it to George later on. I said, one thing that he taught us is that there are no shortcuts. You know, you need to know your stuff and you need to spend a lot of time working at it. It's not just a weekend thing. So when I was doing real estate part-time, I would say my success was minimal. But once I 
made the decision to work seven days a week and, and put the riding on the side. It was also good timing. I think I want to say it was 2006 when the real estate was booming like it is now. Oh, yeah. um, but it was it was exciting because I said, this is what I'm going to do. I was able to jump into it. And each deal for me and each person that I got to work with is as exciting as waiting to see if you won in the jump off. Mm -hmm. um, the excitement is at the point of the negotiation and not, not on the actual closing day, but, but when you actually secure the transaction. What made you decide to settle in Wellington? That's a funny story. <laughs> so Pierre had a beautiful farm. We had a beautiful farm in Culpeper on a hill overlooking a pond with willow trees. And it was mm. like, yeah, a little house on the prairie. It was yeah. beautiful. He's very good with landscape. So over the time that we lived there, he was our 20 years. I think I was our 14. He had renovated the house and built a master suite. And one day I was riding one of his horses on the top of this beautiful hill. And I'm going around in circles. And I thought to myself, I'm not getting any better. I really, I was an amateur, a good amateur, but not, not, not Olympic quality rider. And I'm not getting any better. And if we don't sell this horse, we're going to be in trouble. Hmm. And what can I do, you know, to, to change this scenario? And I thought, you know, houses sell for a lot in Wellington, Florida. There aren't that many realtors or weren't at the time. I think I could do that. Mm -hmm. And a friend had told me as well, you know, you know, a lot of people. I think you could do pretty well in Wellington. What, what do you think? So I got off the horse and I went into Pierre and I said, what do you think if we sell the farm? And we moved to Florida and I do real estate full time and see if I can really make a go of it. And wow. he said, I'll back you 100%. Nice. So we sold the farm. We moved here and I pretty much started working seven days a week. Wow. Before we get in a word from our sponsor, I want to talk about them for a little bit because I have worked with and worn Tucker Tweed equestrian products for a while now and I love them. The quality leather is amazing and I'm always wearing their Wellington wristlet and their backpack. The products are stunning. If you are familiar with Tucker Tweed Equestrian, then you most likely know and have seen how often they promote their retail partners. With the cancellation of a number of nationwide horse shows, many retail partners are missing out on key opportunities to see and service their clients. So to support their partner tax stores, Tucker Tweed is encouraging you to shop tax store websites during those missed horse show dates or purchase through Tucker Tweed directly, but then make sure to tag the respective tax stores in the order notes. This way we can all support tax stores and each tax store receives credit for any purchases made. Thank you so much for that reminder, Jill Tweedy, founder of Tucker Tweed. You are amazing, Jill. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Okay, let's get back to the episode. What was that first, you know, six months to a year like for you transitioning? And obviously you have all of these relationships in Florida from being in the horse world. How did that kind of then translate into growing your business there full time? I, I, I miss those days, to be honest, because each it's like when you're learning on riding and you win a class, you're so excited. But mm -hmm. when you when you've been champion, somebody, it's not as exciting. So each person that came to me and said, I want to get you a house, like each of those first ones was such a big deal. And I was so honored to work with them. Yeah. I think Kim Prince bought a place, Robin Sweely, I don't know, but it, it was a lot of fun. And uh, who else? Uh, Abigail Wexner bought a farm, mm. um, that farm. Georgina Bloomberg got her farm. It was, a, it was all very exciting. Yeah. 
uh, so cool. and thrilling and learning along the way. And yeah, I, I have to say that I enjoy real estate as much as, as I did writing. Wow. That's so cool. Do you dabble in a lot of, you know, like not equestrian property? Are you just Wellington in general? Are you equestrian specific? What, what have you found is the best kind of wheelhouse for you? Well, they taught us in real estate school. The Florida real estate school was better than the one I had taken in Virginia, I think. And they taught us to go narrow and deep, meaning know your farm area. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much stuck to the four corners of Wellington, which at the time was good. And I decided from watching other realtors that I had grown up with in Middleburg that I would, I would help everybody from, from the people that take care of the horses to the people that own the horses to, to everybody, yes. treat everybody the same. And that did bode well for me because a lot of times it's the barn manager that has the connection to a big owner or mm-hmm. I don't know. And I had always been pretty friendly as a rider to everybody. Yeah. So that also was a benefit. Totally. And barn managers were nice to me and would bring me customers. and Definitely. So, but definitely just uh, Wellington, the Four Corners. I would say 98% of the people were equestrian, but there were maybe two or 3% that had a house in an equestrian area. So they would hire me because they knew that I knew people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you're still very connected at the Winter Equestrian Festival. I know you have, you've sponsored the Leading Lady Rider Award. Tell me a little bit about how you got connected there and kind of what that award means to you. That's a funny story. So the, the first year, Anyway, yeah, let me talk about Leading Lady because the other story is too long. Um, (laughs) Leading Lady Rider was my favorite award to win. I mean, it was a bonus. I wouldn't say it was my favorite. Obviously, it would be better to, you know, win the Grand Prix. But short of that, if like it happened once at Spruce Meadows and at Washington International Horse Show, if you're the lady with the most points in that, they didn't have FEI, but it was the open jumper division of that show, then you received the Lady Lady Rider Award. And generally, it was somebody very good, like Easy Madden or Mm -hmm. somebody like that. So it was a big honor. I won that a few times. So when I was sponsoring at WEF, they said, you you have to pick two divisions that you want to sponsor. And I was having trouble picking, you know, which is better, which is this, when does that? And I said, you know, there's an award that you don't have that was very dear to me. Would you do it? And they said, yes. And then we figured out a way to make it so that it came um, at Saturday night. So it got me a lot of exposure or after the Grand Prix, it got me a lot of exposure more than a regular division, really. Mm-hmm. And then I was good friends. Laura Kraut was my neighbor and I was good friends with Lauren Hoff. So I said, what kind of award would you like? And they said, well, we don't need more trophies or blankets for our horses, but you know, we never really have time to go to the spa or get our hair done or it started out with the awards being very, you know, things like the weekly awards being a massage or a hair color or like that. And and we got a lot of donations. It it was fun and champagne and flowers and things like that. So they always get champagne and flowers. Love it. Um, Yeah. It's, it's an, it's a nice plus. Definitely. And especially Uh, you being on both sides, like on either end of it, receiving it and then having those connections and the people who are, you know, potentially winning it now and kind of what they want. It's cool that you can really create and cater to 
the recipients. Yeah, it was funny though because Beezy won it so many years, and I would get like beautiful jewelry or something <laughs> special. And what she really liked best was a jump, so it came down to jumps. Like that's what I could use was a jump. So oh, that's so cool. Very that was cool. a little trial and error, but nobody doesn't need a jump. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, especially now with how like fun and creative you can get with jumps. Yeah. that is a good that is a good prize. What would you say is an area of the equestrian industry that you're super passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? I think in the end, it came down to survival. Mm. <laughs> I had wanted to be a rider and then maybe a trainer. And it's sort of a blessing that I found something else related to the industry that kept me close to the horses and close to the horse show. I was able to make a living and create a career. And I think I would urge people when it gets towards the end of your career, when you're getting hurt, when you maybe can't afford a horse or can't to look for something that you're passionate about that is somehow related Right. And people took it different ways. I mean, I would see people that used to take care of my horses at the horse show. What are you doing? I work for Jaguar now. So now I have them sponsoring the horse show. Right. You know? So yeah. it, in all different angles of it can be people, uh, jewelry, anything related, photography. Mm-hmm. But to, I'm grateful that I was able to find a business that was productive for me, that kept me close to, to my passion. Right. And it's become really its whole own little world now, especially with how the industry, you know, has started following mainstream with doing advertising and marketing. And there really is, I mean, I think for me growing up, the only professional avenues within the industry were it seemed like being a rider or a trainer and that was it. But now it's, it's so nice that it's becoming more and more like a topic that is talked about that there really is, no matter what your passion is, you can find a relatable career path within the equestrian world that fits that. Exactly. That's amazing. For a, for a young person. I mean, I think I have to say, Bethany, what you do is, is interesting and it, it's beneficial and connects people. Amazing. Well, thank you. If for someone listening who is looking into a career in real estate, what would be some advice that you would have for them? Practice, practice, practice. You don't give up like anything else. Connections, who you know is helpful, yeah. but you also need to know your area. Right. Seems uh, like the beginning's hard, like the hardest part. Well, you build upon. Yeah. So you build upon. It, it, it's usually not a quick climb, mm-hmm. uh, like anything. So, so you build upon, and, and a lot of it is word of mouth. Right. I mean, uh, you've managed to be top of a very, what, what maybe seems like it has now become a saturated, you know, it's a hot, hot time of year or hot time right now in general for real estate, especially, you know, in Wellington where it's so equestrian focused, how do you continue to set yourself apart with your practice? It's always a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a struggle. And I, I try to think about what is the best way, how is it? But I always try, first of all, to be honest and fair. I, I, I'm, I'm not pushy. I'm persistent, I guess. So a lot of times somebody will say, I want a house and I'll say, not now. 
Mm. <laughs> you have to wait or, or yes, you know, maybe we should have or, yeah. but I think marketing is imp- important. I, I try to put the spotlight on the properties, not on me. Hmm. So if somebody's thinking about listing their house and they pick up a magazine, I hope that they see my ads and I hope that their eye goes to them. Now there's more online. So I try, I spend a lot of money actually on the photographs of the properties hmm. so that when people hopefully are sitting at the ring and it's quiet in the summer between classes, they'll look at their iPhone and maybe one of my properties will pop up or they'll like something. You'd be surprised how many people are all over looking at properties. Yeah, that's true. Our phone, Mm -hmm. just as as a pastime almost. Yeah, exactly. So I try to at least make what I have for sale look good. Right. We'll see. It's longer that I haven't ridden now. And people are asking me, don't you want to ride? Don't you want to (laughs) ride? And I guess I should, but with with so much to do in the day with the horses and trying to with the horses with the real estate and trying to stay fit, I'm trying to learn tennis and golf. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's a lot. I'm yeah, remarried, trying to learn tennis and golf and build a house. Wow! So find that and work. It's hard to stay. <laughs> just a little busy. <laughs> hard to stay at a horse show. But yeah, it's coming up again this season, and I I hopefully will sponsor again and and be there. Amazing. Amazing. When, when's the last time you've been in the saddle? Oh, a few weeks ago. Oh, good. Nice. A few weeks ago. Love it. Um, I help my friends. I, yeah, it always winds up when it's about 100 degrees. Of course. Here, that's when they're like, <laughs> and I say, this is why I quit riding. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a fair weather rider now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been in a long time, but I, I've been helping some friends out because it's hot. and Yeah. There's nice. a few out there. I think there, there's a lot of people like me that have retired. We should have a, a women's trail riding club in Wellington. Oh, right? yeah. Walk it's, around on the old horses. and that, that, I think you're onto something. <laughs> no, there's a lot of people I meet that are selling properties or whatever. And they're like, you know, if I could just go on a trail ride mm-hmm. a couple times a week, we share a few horses, it'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Well, Martha, thank you so much for taking the time to give me a rundown of your amazing story and how it's been so beautifully connected with your passion for the equestrian industry. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. So I guess the last question that's important to you, I I don't think I really hit that is what I wanted to say. Mm, Yeah. So what don't we talk much about? So I think for me, the success that I had with my horses is because they were suitable to me. So I think that finding for me, those particular mares, be it movie star, sweet lullaby, I had a lot of good mares, Judy de la Sance, but I found that that was my connection. I could ride a lighter horse that was sensitive, that responded to me rather than a big gelding that you was hmm. predictable and you had to boot around. And I think in the end, switching from riding to real estate was what was suitable. You know, I wasn't going to be an Olympic rider and I was only going to get older and probably get more hurt. So <laughs> I think that real estate was something that was suitable and kept me close to the horse show and close to the horses, but was a way to uh, help raise my daughter. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think in this case, you are, you know, still very busy and working hard, but it, I think it's a different Type, obviously like a different type of work and something that maybe keeps you a little bit healthier. <laughs> yeah. It keeps me out of the sun a little more. Yeah. Right. And yeah. That's a really good point. How was that for, were you still riding pretty consistently when you had your daughter? 
Yes. Okay. And then, yeah, how was that for you, you know, balancing that? And then was that a big part of your decision to change to real estate? Well, my my poor daughter got dragged to every horse show. Um, Sure, yeah. She came to every horse show. And I remember when she was little, oh, don't get on, mom. She would cry. (laughs) Don't get on, I need you. And I'd say, can you watch her? And then, oh, sorry, I went clean. Can you watch her a little (laughs) more? Yeah. But um, she grew up at the horse shows, which was uh, great. I think she did have a lot to do with our decision to move to Florida because she was going into eighth grade and taking her in and out of school for high school just was not going to work. So we moved here and applied to St. Andrew's school and she got in. And then it was more expensive here, the schools. So I needed to supplement that. Sure. Um, so yeah, she did. And then she liked riding and it was hard for to mount both of us. Mm-hmm. So I sort of started to step aside and give her the horses. Yeah. Which paid off. She got a riding scholarship to University of Georgia. Perfect. Yeah. That she works. And then went on to law school at Miami. Love it. Amazing. It all happens for a reason. And then it's so cool looking back at how it all just kind of intertwined together so nicely. Yeah. But we're we're both happy to still be connected to the sport. I mean, yeah. you don't get much better watching than the Olympics on TV last weekend. So. Right. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, and to watch some of your friends competing is oh, also so extra special. So good. Yeah. So good. Amazing. Well, Martha, thank you so much for taking the time. Okay. Thank you, Bethany. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.